Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and guess what? I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. We come to you live each and every week. We have a blast, and the show is about thriving. I have to tell you, I'm very, very jazzed about tonight's show. You know, as a matter of fact, Catherine and I actually spoke yesterday, and we're both excited about bringing the show to you tonight. Um, Before I get into what we're going to be talking about, I hope everybody out there is is enjoying the vibration of life right now. I know it's tough for so many people across the planet, but know that we're committed at the Dr. Pat Show to make sure that we keep bringing you fun, uplifting, and powerful talk radio. And we want to thank you for tuning us in and turning us on each and every day. If you want to find out more about us, just go to the website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com or simply go to www.drpatlive. Tonight's show, this couldn't be happening at a better time for so many people. Tonight's show is with Katherine Hicklin joining me here today. Now, Katherine Hicklin is star of ABC's One Life to Live and Heartbreak Survivor. Many of us know her as the manipulative but charming Lindsay Rappaport, and we've known her for the past nine years as such. She has been on daytime television. She is a veteran in in so many ways, but more importantly, she's also someone that has a really cool, powerful message, and she now has this amazing book, The 30-Day Heartbreak Cure getting over him and back out there one month from today. So we talk about busting crust on this show. And we're going to be busting some crust tonight like you have never seen before. Because everything about this, everything about this conversation goes up against convention. You know, how many times have each of us heard, oh, my gosh, you know, you're not going to be ready to get out there whether your heart is broken your soul is ripped open, and you feel like you never want to be in another relationship again. Well, we're going to take you through what this is like to have 30 days of a cure, to be able to mend your heart according to my special guest today, Catherine Hicklin. So I love being able to talk about this, and, and, and I love the way that, and the approach that she's taken uh, to talk about this. I mean, one of the things that we know is that each and every one of us goes through heartbreak. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've been through one recently, if you're going through one now, or if you know what it's like or you know other people that have gone through them. But the point is this. Can you truly feel like you have gotten past the gloom and doom, the heartbreak, the, the parts of yourself that you thought were absolutely lost, the emptiness? And so on, on on day one of the book, because this is a 30-day heartbreak here, on day one, I love, I love you come out of the gate. And Catherine says, day one, the rules, cry yourself a river. I remember going through one of the most horrific heartbreaks. I mean, I didn't think I would ever, 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 ever recover from it. And... I, And it's funny that she talks about Cry Me a River because there's actually a song called Cry Me a River. And I remember playing that song over and over and over and over and over again. And and honestly, I wish I could say that it was 30 days that it took me to kind of get past this. It did not. I mean, what we're talking about here is we're talking about someone that has figured out how to get past how to get past the heartbreak. 
As I said before, uh, Catherine Hicklin is my very special guest today. She is a 26-year veteran of daytime television, a theater actress, an entrepreneur, a public speaker, and a heartbreak survivor. As a matter of fact, David Hasselhoff's ex-wife. So if anybody is going to sit down and write a column about this or write a book about this, it's going to be her. You know, she began touring the country as a keynote motivational speaker in 2006 and helping women take charge of their life and enhance their beauty both on the inside and out. That's actually what we need right now. That's what I think all of us is really crying for. And so when I got the invitation to have this conversation with her, all of us here at the show absolutely thought this is got to be one of the most powerful and fun things that can be said on the show. So she's joining us here today, and in, and as she says in the introduction, she says, I want to hold your hand. And, and part of this is pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And so when we look at some of the heartbreak that we go through in our lives, Many of you are faced with this right now. Many of you have felt the pain of the economy and the hardship in life and, and how it's difficult to kind of get along in regular times, but how extremely difficult it is to get along right now. And so the question you must ask yourself is, you know, how long do I have to suffer? You know, what do the traditional books say to me? What do they say about my life? What do they say about the shame? What do they say about the heartbreak? And, you know, the answer is is pretty simple when you think about it, and that is, why do we listen to what everybody else has to say? What if there was a solution that went against the odds, that kind of went against tradition? What if we learned this from somebody that knows so much about heartbreak, but more importantly, knows about what it means to be in the public eye and go through some of the most horrific separation. You know, every time I see Jennifer Aniston on television or on radio or in, or in a movie, it's almost as if you cannot sep- her, separate her from Brad Pitt. And so what does this life must be like for her? You know, what is her world about? I mean, how is it that somebody can live through and be in the public eye and yet at the same time still have an extraordinary, extraordinary life? And so joining me today, and hopefully very soon, uh, Catherine Hicklin is going to be part of this lineup, and we're going to be talking about a day in a life, what it means to be someone that is so well-loved and at the same time, so well, mm, how should I say, not so loved in the role she plays and be this powerful woman that has a message that, that you too, all of us, can get out in the world and we can live an inspired life. We can be inspirational to others. You know, when we, when we decided to do the Pay It Forward program and we decided to have this, this idea about helping women and men across the country take a look at their lives and get unstuck and then beyond getting unstuck just to really hold true to what your dream is. And as you hold true to that, what kind of help might you need? What might you need for people to 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 provide you with so you could kickstart your life? I got to be part of a four-month journey with eight extraordinary people who entered in to the holistic makeover one day by sitting down and filling out the application, by sitting down and saying, I want to change my life. And each of these women were were asked to write a survey to tell me about how they want to change their lives. But that really wasn't enough. I had asked them, if they could please tell me uh, about how they would pay it forward. You know, what would they do to pay things forward? How would they make that happen? And, you know, as I think about that, 
I've often said to myself, you know, what might we do to help each other through tough times? And I know sometimes when we break up and and we look at our lives uh, in certain ways, we ask ourselves, how do you want, why do you think that I could help another person when I can't even help myself, Dr. Pat? You know, come on, let's get real over here. You know, here I am sending my information in for this makeover. Here you are asking me, you know, to help my life. Now you're going to make it a condition that I not only help myself, but you want me to pay it forward and help somebody else. And what happened with that is we had over 100 responses. We had people from all over the United States and Canada that completed this information. Each of them sent in essays. And the stories were heartbreaking. But what I was struck by, I was struck by how many, how many of the people that participated somewhere in their story had, had, had conversations about relationships that didn't work, going around the horn several times um, so that they could find their true love, looking at their lives, feeling incomplete, taking the baggage of old relationships with them months and months and months and months at a time, years now that, that turn into months that turn into years. But what I've got to know and love putting this makeover together, and it is a transformational journey from the inside out. It's not just about getting an outside shell. It's cracking that inside shell so you could truly let out, let out the person that you are. And when we go on a journey like this and we say yes to it, one of the things that I've been honored to discover with this group of people is that you can't help but calling upon all of the strength you have to remember how absolutely cool you really are, how magnificent and how wonderful. And what I noticed about folks was that they were so eager to put their Pay It Forward project together. They were so willing to say, I am ready to make that change. You know, I'm ready to take my life into another direction. I'm ready to do things in a really, really awesome way. And so part of the conversation for me is in knowing that you all that listen to the Dr. Pat show, you absolutely know, you know that there is something beyond what you're thinking about right now and about the, the struggle in your life that's calling you to do something differently and it's calling you to do something extraordinary. And I, and I love being on this journey with you because the, the basis for me doing the show is to know I'm helping you and to know that this is really cool. And so today we're going to talk about what it likes to heal, what it likes to mend, uh, and we're going to talk about what it means for each and every one of us to stand in our power. One of the things that I know about doing this show is that every day, every day I wake up and I look at what my agenda is for today. What's my itinerary? What am I going to do today? And I see that there are there are two to three blocks, hour times, that are scheduled for me to be on radio. And I look and I think about who am I going to talk with today? What's that conversation going to be like? You know, am I going to be able to reach out to one of you that may not have heard the show before or maybe one of you that has heard the show before? And are we going to be able to say something? Are you going to hear something that enables you to make a shift and a change in your life that, that is so extraordinary and yet may take all of the gumption you have to make it? That's why I do the show. That's why people that come on the show do what they do. That's why someone like Catherine Hicklin, who is the author of The 30-Day Heartbreak Cure, is touring the country, is helping people, men and women, but, you know, helping all of us 
understand that there is a cure, that there are things you could do, that you can truly get rid of things in a short period of time. And and so all of this is part of the longest and the longer journey to things. What I know is that many of us, we go along the path and we go along our lives and we wake up some days and, and we wonder, what the heck is my life about? How can I help? What can I do differently? You know, what makes sense in my world or doesn't? And, and yet some days we feel like we can conquer anything. We can make the world better. We can do things that are so extraordinary. And yet we're human. I'm like you. You're like me. Some days I work up. Some days I feel like I can't even breathe. Other days I feel like I can conquer the world. And And yet, at the same time, I know I don't have to do this alone. None of us, none of us have to do this alone. And this is clearly about taking a look and seeing what songs are we playing on the radio? You know, what are we, what are we thinking about in our lives? Are we, are we caring? Are we sensitive? Are we cooperative? You know, do we have something more or less to say about our lives? And, and to know that everything we do is truly divine. It's in some form of divine order. It's in some form of inspiration. And I'm curious tonight, you know, I'm curious to know about what inspires you. What inspires you to do what you do? I want to hear from you. I think this is a great opportunity for all of us to connect because every time we connect on radio, every time we connect and we, and we make that heartfelt connection, Somebody's life gets changed. Someone listens to the show, and and all of a sudden, we get ready to uplift and change people. That's what my guest today is about. That's what she has chosen to do with her life. You know, not simply sit around and wait for people to kind of say, wow, you know, what's that next deal you're going to get? What's that next television show you're going to get? No, Catherine Hicklin is someone that is bringing a powerful message to you in a fun way, to me in a fun way, and is ready to tell all of us how the heck to get over him, how to get back out there, and how to do it so that it doesn't take an entire decade. Catherine, I hope you're there. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. At last. Hello. (laughs) How are you? Oh, my gosh, I'm doing great. I've just been spending 15 minutes talking about you. I hope your ears weren't ringing. You know, I'll tell you, I've been spending 15 minutes trying to get a hold of you, and I am so excited to be here. I'm always excited when, we, when we're going to talk about this subject because it is so relevant because everybody is going to go through, has gone through, or is going through a heartbreak, and so we should talk about it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that one of the things I was sharing is that, um, you know, in reading your book, uh, there's that song, Cry Me a River, and that's kind of the first chapter in your book. And I know I've gone through a couple of, wow, really awful breakups in my, in my life. And I remember playing that song, Cry Me a River. Do you remember that song? I do remember that song, and that's why I chose that for the first title of my, uh, the title, title of the first chapter, because it feels like that's what we're doing. I mean, it just feels like this this, this is never going to end. Uh, it just feels like it's going to go on and on, and that, that this pain and this grief is so paralyzing. It's never going to end, but that's just an illusion, and it's just something that we tell ourselves, and it's it's not true at all. Well, what I talked about before you came on is how we are really – you know, we're really pulling, we're pulling off the veil on conventional wisdom here when it comes to relationships and, and, and what, what, let's call it the experts would say you have to do and, and how you have to be out of things for a year and maybe two years and, and you have to do this and you have to grieve and you have to do this. So your book, The 30 Day Heartbreak, Heartbreak Cure, is really a guidebook so that so that women could really take their power back in a lot of ways. Because I don't know about you, but I have spent a lot of time sobbing and weeping and losing a lot of time. Right. And you know what? Losing a lot of time is really the, is really an important thing to bring up because 
what we can't do is keep doing that over and over. And mm-hmm. because everybody's going to have made decisions they wish they had done differently, but everything leads you up to this moment you're at right now. The most important thing is is to learn something from the experience so that it counts for something and that you don't have to waste more time because when we don't understand what our patterns are, and that's what the 30-day heartbreak here is about. It's about, hey, I want to introduce you back to yourself and get back to your dreams and back to what you are here to do, get out of his head and back into yours. And um, and it's very, very important that we, that we don't waste our time because this is our one and only life, and it is so fun, but not if we're going to be stuck in some place that just doesn't service to be anymore well it's not i mean my gosh you know i think you and i could probably you know tell some stories together here but you're you're in the public eye and i was talking about what it must be like for jennifer aniston to wake up every day and especially i mean they just do not quit with her every time you turn around there is some tabloid doing some kind of strange story that really isn't true and we get to see through her eyes what it's like. And yet, average, everyday, not in the spotlight people are bawling their eyes out. And I wanted to ask you, how has your own personal journey helped you craft this book and help you craft your seminars and, and the work that you do out there? Well, you know, I think what's everyone's heartbreak is, it really is pretty much the same, the core of it, meaning, right. you know, not if you've lost someone to death, because that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But we, but heartbreak is heartbreak. It's a paralyzing grief where you think you're never going to feel the same again, and your your self-esteem takes a beating, and, and you know, and, it, and it's really pretty simple. But when you're in the public eye, well, God knows that when you're not, you feel like you failed at something to begin with. But when you're in the public eye and everybody is writing about it or, you know, in Jennifer Aniston's case, I just, I, I can't imagine that level of fame and I, I wouldn't want it. But I just can tell you from my own personal experience, for example, when I was married to David Hasselhoff many, many years ago, I like, it's like another lifetime ago, it was 20 years ago now, which is hard to believe, but... When that, when I left that marriage, and I just remember it was so hideous because, you know, you have these tabloids that are just threatening you that you better tell them what's going on or they're going to write their own story, and and you just feel you're so vulnerable anyway, and you're so stressed out that that it just puts so much stress on you, and and it's really horrible. But I don't think that it's worth really, you know, uh, saying that it's any worse for, for us than it is for anybody else, just that it's more public and it's a little humiliating. You don't get to suffer in in the relative privacy of your life, but that's what comes with the dinner of what, what you, we choose to do. So, but it's the same feeling, just the same uh, devastated feeling that you get. But again, what we're here to talk about is that, that um, it is not necessary to stay in that feeling. And I want to ask you, Pat, how many people do you meet that have been in that feeling for weeks, months, even years that after a breakup has it's happened? It's decades. I mean, honestly, it, you know, it, I mean, it is. It's weeks, it's months, it's years, and it's in, and it's even beyond that. It's really carrying so much forward in attempted new relationships and and then going through those breaks up breakups it's almost as if we get piled on you know it's kind of like a it's kind of like watching a football game where you know somebody fumbles the ball and everybody piles on and you and you you don't know you don't know what to do Catherine i mean you know you don't know what your next step is going to be and you honestly you don't really know if there ever will be a day that you're loved again Oh yes, in fact, you know, um, when I meet strangers, even when I when there's someone I don't know, or I see someone sitting, I, I sometimes on the subway, I'll see somebody sitting in the beauty chair next to me at the salon, and if someone's in the middle of a breakup or just finished a breakup, 
I just can spot it a mile away. Just that look that people get, that stare, that 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 just empty feeling that they wear like a a, a dress. And I always go over and sit down and say, "Hey, you know, I, I just noticed that you're sitting here and you're not feeling so great, and I'm a stranger and everything. But um, you know, if you'd like to talk about it, sometimes that would be really helpful because all I want to do is open the door. Mm-hmm. I this is how I heartbreak busted so many people before my book was ever even written and people really are so vulnerable at that point and they often will you know talk about what's happening with them and what happened and and it's so fun to peel back the layers I know that that's a weird word to use fun in this but that's what it becomes when we understand how to do it you start peeling back the layers of yourself like an onion and seeing oh oh I forgot this part of me oh I forgot this part of me and and that part of me and and it be, and, you, and you become like a, a butterfly you know that uh, from a from a cocoon you know it's just absolutely amazing and and I just wanted to offer people the hope that you can so do this in 30 days and in but you need to have a plan and you need to have a, a, a strategy for it which is what these 30 days are and it's not and it's fun. I mean, did you get a few laughs out of my book? I did get a few laughs. As a matter of fact, I'm still laughing because I love when you get into the first chapter and it says, you know, day one, right? It's This is day one. Everybody listening, so if you ever had any thought of what day one looks like in a breakup, this is something that is really, this is going to be shocking to everyone. Day one, the rules, cry yourself a river. But then you go on because, you know, I could think about this, right? First you cry. But then you go on and you say, no, 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 no isolating, no retail therapy. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. Day one, and I don't have retail therapy. No. I'm really lost. (laughs) I know, but think about it. When we buy things in that state of mind, it's never anything we like later on. It reminds us of the time that we're in. And it's also bought with a weird filter on our vision because when you're in a heartbreak, you're not yourself at all. It's, you're not anybody you want to be. What uh, did you find, it's Catherine? It's hard to get out if, if you don't have a plan. It's not. The plan I mean, is everything. You say no isolation, but honestly, on day one, I mean, it's almost like, think about it. If we could just, okay, I'm going to do like a flashback right now for myself. Day one, oh, my gosh, what did I just hear? We have been together years, and now we're not together anymore. And day one, yes, I'm going to cry, but I can't go out there. I can't let my friends see me. I don't know how to face the neighbors. I just know that we're not living together anymore. We're not together anymore. Boy, this is such this is such a syndrome. This is such a, a behavior that we could get into so easily. Why is it so important not to isolate right out of the gate? Because we don't know who our friends are until we need them, and they want to be there for us, and so does our family. And I do find that a lot of many times when we are in relationships that are not really working, and we've just and we've just it created all kinds of illusions about it, and we stop telling our family and friends things they really we really should share, things that aren't going well or going right because they can be our perspective. People that really care about us, that we trust, can have perspective that we may not have. And so when we're not perfect or broken as we think, because we really aren't broken, that's an illusion too, but when we're broken, we think, oh, I don't want to be a drag with people, and I don't really want anybody to know. And you know what the truth is? Your neighbors don't care. Your parents and your friends, if you have great relationships with them, they want to be there for you because that's what makes people feel good about friendship and relationships. And so isolating doesn't give people a chance to love on you when you need it the most. Oh, my gosh. Boy, those hugs. Boy, don't they feel good. You've been touring. You've been taking this story. You've been on radio. You've been on television. You've been seeing people face-to-face. What has the tour been like? You know, what is it like to be in front of a group of people and, and share your story and kind of get the response from, from, from the audience, from the real people, so to speak, that are going through it maybe right in the moment? 
Yes, and they often are. And it's not what, you know, it's not a typical book signing because I, I, I do two hours. I spend 45 minutes speaking and reading a chapter and that goes by like a very quickly. And then the next, uh, hour and 15 minutes is, is devoted to, uh, I, you know, if anybody wants to leave at that point because I say, you know, we're going to open the floor now. Right now, I want I want to create a safe space that we're all here, and and I want everyone to talk to me about their story a little bit in front of the others. I want everyone to kind of know each other, know how we all, how similar we all are, and um, I want us to to talk to each other. I would really enjoy that. So if anybody doesn't want to do that, I'll sign a book now. And those of you who want to stay and do this, I promise you, you'll never forget it. It's going to be a great experience. Almost always everybody stays. Maybe somebody has an appointment they have to make, but it's amazing that people open up and really talk about their pain, and I love it because there are some uh, people that come because they're fans of mine from One Life to Live, and they just, they're not, they, they, they might bring their boyfriend or husband just because, you know, they want to buy something that I've written so that I'll sign it, and it's, they're not really heartbroken, but what's wonderful is that at some of these, the, the husbands will listen to another woman in the group, and he'll say, "May I say something?" And he will prop her up, and it's so beautiful to see people prop each other up. Mm-hmm. And there's here they are in the same town, so they make new friends, and they're really opening up, and and they're starting to see that their feelings aren't really all that unique. Um, and that that there's other people that would love to be there for them, even if it was just for that time. And it, it really is quite an amazing thing. Um, this book tour for me has been very different than what I imagined. And I said, I don't want one hour. I want two because I want to connect with people, and I want them to connect with each other. And it's been awesome. It is awesome. And I'm so thrilled to hear you say that, Catherine, because, you, you know, I, what I've learned in, in a short period of time I've been on radio, and I started out doing an hour show, and the, the the complaints we got about the show was it wasn't long enough. And I didn't really understand it uh, un, until I kind of got a sense from actually meeting the listeners. But what you're talking about, and especially about a topic that you're talking about, is that there is such an opportunity for heart to meet heart. And, mm-hmm. boy, I'm so thrilled to hear you say that that's the approach you've taken with this because many people that take their books out there don't. I know, and I don't get that because writing is such a personal experience. And if you are asking people to read your work and spend their money and spend their time, and especially when it's a self-help book, ooh, you know, for me, the connection is everything. Plus, I just love people. So for me, it's just a joy, a joy and an honor to be, uh, to be there with them, especially if they're going through something and if, even if they're not. We're all going through something. It's yeah, the, yeah, and, and a lot of times it's sort of the intuition that they think they're getting ready to go through something too. Because we right, know when things not I, happening. <laughs> uh, yes, we do know, even if we don't acknowledge it. Um, the thing I think that really happened with me is that if um, if I was in a relationship that wasn't working and I would not acknowledge it. Uh, and mentally, I would not acknowledge it um, emotionally, then it would play out in my body and illnesses and uh, pains and aches and all that sort of stuff. And finally, it was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to change something. And that's why we don't look at the problems that we have in relationships that we need to either end or confront. And because we don't, because once we do that, we feel like we have to do something. Mm. You know, I, I looked at the book, I've read the book, and there are so many pieces to it that, you know, I'm going back and I'm reading it again. And I love the way you walk us through each day and, and, and how easy it is. But there are a couple of places in the book that I actually had to go back and, and read again. I get the sense from the way you've written this book that part of the 30-day heartbreak cure is recognizing that you have a dream. You have one. I have one. The people that are even in, and 
some of these heartbreak relationships have them. And I really get the sense from you, Catherine, that there is an essence to you that truly wants to help people live their dream. And I want to ask you, you know, is that sort of the punchline in all this, to help people move beyond this so that they can see the expansive nature that their lives could really be? Yes, because God has given us this most um, amazing gift called our mind. And I, when I meet people that are in grief from heartbreak or um, a breakup, uh, it doesn't matter who's left who. It does not matter. It's just it hurts. And I think when people say, oh, I'm afraid no one's going to ever love me again, or I don't know who I am anymore, or I, you know, I realize that the person standing in front of me is a person I've been in my life as well, which is someone who's lost themselves. And that's okay because you can find yourself again, and it's really not hard. In fact, it's really very pretty easy, and I can show you how to do that, which is why I wrote the book to begin with, because there is a dream inside every one of us, and we may not be living it right now, but there's no reason we can't. And what will the one thing that will stop us from doing that is staying in a um, mindset of uh, poor me and, uh, you know, I don't think this is ever going to end or no one's ever going to love me again or, I mean, it's like putting up a shield around you that will keep every dream you've ever had away from you. So there's more than one reason. You, you want just more than one reason that you want to get over this. And get over it as quickly as you can and thoroughly as you can. And I don't think 30 days is a lot to ask of that. But not only to feel better, but to open the floodgates because you you can realize your dreams. It doesn't even matter how old you are. I've been told I can't do this, I can't do that my whole life. In 20s, you're too old to uh, – in my 30s, I wanted to learn take voice lessons and start a Broadway show. I was told I was too old to do that. It couldn't happen. I ended up doing that and being in Les Mis. In my 40s, I got the best uh, role of my life as Lindsay Rappaport um, on One Life to Live. I've been there now 11 and a half years. Uh, I just went back to the show uh, after the tour. And, I mean, I, I, every decade of my life I've been told I can't do something. And... Uh, and I'm here to tell you, I don't care how old you are, you can do it if you have the talents to match your ambition. And um, I just really do believe that. We get lost in people and forget who we are and what our dreams are. Well, I have to tell you that, you, that, you know, your voice, your story, and who you are is so needed right now and is so needed, has been needed for quite some time, actually, Catherine. I want to mention to all of you listening to the show that, um, you know, Catherine Hicklin is joining us here today. You know, all of us, you know, we know her uh, uh, as, as Lindsay Rappaport, of course, on One Life to Live. And we also now know her as the author of uh, The 30-Day Heartbreak Cure. I want to make sure everybody's got uh, Catherine's website. It's CatherineHicklin.com, and that's Catherine with a C. And if you go to the website, not only are you going to have an opportunity to take a look at the book, but you're going to be able to take a look at Catherine and, and really see how she is a woman that walks the talk, that is truly about perseverance and paying it forward and helping others. You know, Catherine, I, I wanted to take a minute to see if we could talk about some of the chapters in the book. I don't know. Do you have any favorites? I know I have a couple in here, but I'm just curious. Are well, what are, your, what, what are your favorites? Uh, Calling All Drama Queens is one. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you know what? We really all have inner drama queens, and that is just, we have got to recast that role in ourselves, definitely. <laughs> Did you relate to it? I did. And, you know, honestly, I think we could all have our own daytime uh, soap, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, think about it. I, I had a flashback. So this is kind of funny, too, because I know you know what I'm talking about. I kind of had a flashback as I'm reading this. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, no, you know, I am not like that. I wasn't like that. I, I, you know, I couldn't do that. And I thought to myself, and I talked to my best friend about this, and she said, oh, my God, don't you lie on the radio, okay? 
don't be thinking that you you know you weren't like or you don't go through this and she said what's the matter with you don't you remember that you know quart of boodles gin that you said i was like oh my gosh i know we all have the inner drama queen um, and, and how you know that you have an inner drama queen is, uh, is if you don't know it, is that you keep creating the same situations over and over for yourself or that you won't step out of this role and you will go on and on and on and on and on for uh, weeks and weeks and months and, like we said, years without taking yourself out of this ridiculous game, you know, that, that we uh, found ourselves in. And, and we just... The, the drama queen in us is, is just, uh, you know, we, we must recast ourselves because that is something that you take into every relationship you'll be in and you'll wonder why none of them are working. So that is a good chapter, actually. I like that one a lot. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I really enjoyed writing every single one, I have to tell you. Um, I like um, Get Off the Cross, We Need the Wood. Oh, yeah. I like that one, too. <laughs> Yeah. Because martyring ourselves is just so not what we want to do, and yet it's, it is really an easy thing to do, but it, there's more interesting things for us to be doing with our time, and um, and we all do it. And, and uh, what I love about each one of these chapters is that you, there is I, I try to put a laugh, a good laugh, in almost every single one, or at least wherever it was appropriate, with something real from my life. I mean, I have been married three times. I mean, the most people don't know about this the first time because it only lasted a few months. And um, I was, uh, gosh, I, I was like 19 years old. It was, you know, but but come on, I have to own every single thing that I've ever been in, every relationship and, and my contribution and to the beginning and the end of it. And, um, and, I, and I tried to really write um, from my personal experiences with people uh, with my two marriages that were did last the longest, and uh, Michael Knight, who I just adore, he is um, we were married for uh, 16 years, which is over a third of my life, and he's my best friend in the whole world. And we just people say to me, "Aren't you were you sad when that marriage ended?" And I thought, well, you know, I don't think anybody's ever happy about something when when it changes, but it, I like to look at that as something that didn't end but began again as something else and we could only do that because we we wanted to love and honor and respect each other as much as we could and did uh, and use the 30-day heartbreak care with each other and talked and communicated and all the way through it he's honestly my best friend in the world I actually think that that is so honoring if there is a relationship where you have changed. You know, we hear a lot of language, outgrown each other, this, that, or the other thing, you know, unfolded, evolved, whatever that is. But there's got to be a way, as you've just said, to know that you're kind of going in different directions and to do it in a way where you still honor the dignity of the other individual and yourself. And yet so often we don't. We find we find things to pick on, to fight about, to really separate us. What advice would you give to the, the, the people listening to the show, the women out there and the men, if they find themselves in a position where they feel things are kind of slipping away? What would you say? Well, I know the scariest thing for people to do is to talk and communicate. Um, and especially because people have a fear of confrontation, but that's a very strong word, and and there's a way to do that that, that you don't put someone on the defensive and and don't blame somebody, and and it, it really remember when you want to talk to somebody about something, remember to keep the blaming out of it and to tell people how what they make you feel and all that just. Open the floor and give people some safety space so that they're not going to be punished for what they, the things they say if you are asking them to open up to you. And I think that the thing, when, especially when you, a relationship is over and people know that it's ending, I think the thing that gets people it all whipped up in a frenzy is fear. 
guys seem, you know, they're like, oh, my God, what is she going to want? She's going to want all my money. Women are saying, oh, you know, he's not going to take care of me or the kids or, you know, or I'm never going to be loved again. It, it, it starts with these thoughts. And then these thoughts, as you know, thoughts are things. And, and, we, and our, then our thoughts become full-blown emotions. And before you know it, we, we're all whipped up uh, in a frenzy over something that hasn't happened yet. So I'm a huge fan of opening the floor and saying, gosh, you know, I, I'm feeling this. And I don't know, you know, if I'm feeling it, you must be too. I know this is scary. But we really should talk about this and, you know, see if there's, if, is it coming to an end? Is it just is it impasse? Where, where are are we okay? What's going on? And may I also just say, I'm inviting you to speak to me about your feelings, and I'm I want you to know you won't be punished for doing that. And really say it and mean it, and ask for the same in in in, in uh, return. Hmm. You know, many of the listeners may or may not know that um, you know you've been on your own journey to understand and study the mind. And I, I believe understanding and studying the mind, and I think you've, you've been doing this through hypnosis or, or understanding the different sides of the mind. And I wanted to ask you about this because so much of your book really does address certain issues. Uh, and every, almost just about every chapter ends with an affirmation. And, and I get the sense that, you know, as much as you talk about through the chapter, in the end, at the end of every chapter is, there's really a call to be at peace, to be at a better place. And I get that sense about you for your life to really bring that the idea and, and, and the notion of peaceful living. How important is this to you? It's so important to me, and it should be important to everyone. And I never like to use the word should, but I, I have to here because it's really when you find your peace inside yourself, you won't, I mean, really find it. You won't really be all that interested in handing it over to somebody again. Mm. And when I say that, I hope you I, you understand that I'm saying it in this in the most loving way. But that's really what we do. And and uh, even when people aren't asking for it. But we we learn to recognize when our peace is being disturbed or, you know, some a peace or a peace robber or an emotional vampire will come along and, and you'll feel it right away because when you get your gift of your inner peace, you won't want to really let go of it. It feels so good. And, yeah, I, I did become a hypnotist a few years ago, and I now do a hypnosis stage show, which I love doing because it's really fun, but it's very different from clinical hypnosis, which is what I was doing and I still do. I'm back working with a few people next week um, who want to quit smoking and another one wants to lose weight and those sort of things. And, you know, it's the same thing. You get your mind, you have to get your mind aboard so that your emotions and your body will get aboard. Mm. And, and really, it all begins and ends in the mind. And we just, that's the, the real magic. And I do believe the mind is a God-given gift. Oh, but what you believe is so important, and and words are very important. So I'm a really a word stickler, and when I'm with people, even my friends, and they and I hear them speak, sometimes they'll say, "I'm sorry, I just have to stop you there." But you said you're trying, and trying is lying. <laughs> we don't try, we do. I didn't make this up. Yoda said it in Star Wars. <laughs> and you know, and and just. The, the words that people use to trip themselves up, and, and our mind is so intricate, as you know. Our subconscious mind is 94% or so of, of our mind, and that means that our choices and things that we make uh, that might hurt us are made in an unconscious fashion. That's just our conscious mind is making decisions. Our subconscious is fueling. So the more you take the time to understand yourself, the and I'm a big, big believer of self hypnosis because it just is so much easier to use that term than meditation, which I can't imagine myself with my. Uh, I, I I admire people that can do it, but I can't imagine myself with my legs crossed and you know a chant and oming and all that. It's not me, but I can lay down in a better chair. I did it last week and self hypnotize, and I don't need Novocaine. 
and three hours goes by like 15 minutes, and it's fantastic because I can go anywhere I want to go. And uh, I also love it for praying because I can cut out the chatter and noise and I can do it anywhere I am. I can cut out the chatter in my own mind and the noise of the world, and then that's when I can hear God talk to me through my heart, which is something I really love. And I do, too. Daily, you know. I do. So you too. think if you get there, you do not want to give that up. No. No. And I, I don't know about you, but I realize how precious the moment is and how grateful uh, that, you know, that we do as human beings, as spiritual people, we get to have those moments. You know, when, when I read um, Day 29, The Great Life, I thought, wow, this is such a powerful, honestly, you could write a book based on what you've put in this, in this day, day 29, the great life. And when I got to this place, I thought to myself, this is why, this is why you're helping people take back their lives, you know, step into emotional freedom. Because you summarize, I believe it's five steps. And when I read them, and at the time I read them, I thought, this is perfect. You put this in such an amazing way, and when you talk about having fun and getting your fire back and get grateful, you don't say be grateful, you say get grateful. Those are Mm -hmm. very powerful words and very powerful messages. What was it about putting, you know, putting this section at this point in the book, and, and what is really the underlying message here for people? Well, when I tell, when you know how people say have a great day, yeah, I always say make it a great day, mm-hmm. and because again, words are really important to me, and it is up to us. It is really up to us how we are going to perceive the world and how it, and what we're given on any given day. There are days that I can tell you I had one the other day. It's just a weird day. It's a weird day. Weird things are happening. People are acting strange. Uh, the moon is in asparagus and the bread is rising. Oh, well, you know, and I have to change my perspective on it. And the great life, I put it, in, I put it at chapter 29 because it's just a, chapter 30 is graduation day. And, I, I'm at, and what I'm asking of, of the women that are reading, are reading this book and I've been holding their hands for the entire 30 days that now they're going to, you know, jump out of this nest and fly on their own. And I mean soar. You know, I want I don't want them to fly. I want them to get in a, a, a thermal stream and, and soar without even flapping their wings. It's going to be – I want it to, them to know that their life could be that easy instead of always thinking of it as a struggle. And – and so day 29, the great life is, I'm, I'm really, my words I'm using are, are just very um, descriptive. I want them to get mental pictures of what the great life is, and I want them to see themselves in the great life because the seeing yourself is really getting you halfway there. Your imagination is what creates your life. So, uh, you know, it's like assuming things. You ever notice when we assume things, it's never anything good? Yes, I do. <laughs> right? If we assume what somebody's up to or we assume that it's never good. Well, that's our imagination working in a negative way. And so the great life is me just to, to spark your imagination to work in the best way because getting your fire back, how about those words? It's perfect. I love it. I love it, yeah. you know, being the old fire sign that I am anyway. Um, but I love that. And, and you know, you don't say, you say get your fire back. You say get grateful. You say have fun. I mean, these are, this is, these are really calls to action for people. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and what I love is you get through the book, you learn a lot of different things, and now, you know, you better, you, you know what I'm saying? It's ready to, time to kickstart your Harley here. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Get your pink Harley started. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's important. It is. I mean, and each of us has that. 
And and when we get to this place of we go through this book, it really is time to remind ourselves of fun. You know, let's talk about fun for a few minutes here because we do have a few minutes. And I, and I want to talk about fun because we can have fun, and yet we get so stuck in what I call the unfun. And, I mean, it's almost like, the you know, the unfun is some kind of Chinese noodle or something, but it's not. I mean, this is the stuckness of our lives. And yeah. we really need to flip the switch. What is it about fun that you believe is not only inspirational, but truly helps people cross the line? Well, you know, it's funny. I, like right now, for example, everyone that's listening, I could I could say, you know, and I would like to say actually, to, if you're listening right now, I'd like you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And I want you to just get quiet and hear the sound of my voice as I ask you to think of a time in your life, whether it's something already passed or a time that you'd like to see, and something that would make you feel really good, a fun time in your life, mm. you're doing something fun, meaning you're doing something you really want to do or something you really have done that brought you great joy. And that joy was a fun place. And as you imagine that moment right now, as you imagine that moment, you see that moment very clearly, I want you to feel the way I want you to feel the feeling. I want, as you do that, I bet there's a smile that's crossing your face as you feel this feeling of fun. And as you're feeling that feeling of fun and that smile is crossing your face, I want you to take note of how you feel right now. I want you to feel that feeling. And there's your reason for fun right there. Mm-hmm. Because that's a feeling that I want you to strive for and to know that it can be yours, that it, is, it has already been yours, and it can be yours again. And all you have to do is be willing to flip the switch. And that's what the 30-Day Heartbreak Cure is. It is a way for you to flip your switch. So as you now come back and hear the sound of my voice, and I'm saying, ah, oh, welcome back. I hope you had a fun moment. I want you to know that that is what fun should feel like. Um, I don't know, you know, Dr. Pat, you probably didn't get to do that because you're over there in front of your radio switches and all that, but... No, I, I'm so there. there. I'm, I had, I, you know what? I just remembered I'm on radio. I'm sorry. I was still there, Catherine. <laughs> I was still there. I was, I was totally fun, and I'll tell you where I was. I don't mind sharing this. Um, and, you know, I have to say, this is extraordinary because... I've had a lot of people on the show do something similar. No one has ever been able to bring me to this place. This is the first time. What you did is you brought me to a place, one of my most amazing times in my life, about two years ago, swimming off the shore in Hawaii. And I had one of these rare moments where I was out with the turtles. And a baby turtle, and baby turtle is pretty big, but a baby turtle somehow got attracted to me and started to swim around my underbelly. And I can't describe that feeling, but for this brief moment that you were speaking, that's where I went. Wow. That's (laughs) that's where I went. And honestly, it's hard to describe. It was spiritual moment. It was almost Mm -hmm. as if it didn't exist. And in this brief time, what you demonstrated is that every one of us has the power to take ourselves to a place of joy. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here today. I have had the best time. You are great. Thank you for having me. And as we go into this, uh, the rest of this week, just everyone, make it a great week. Make it the best week of your life so far. And I'm really excited about your life. If you're hurting, get the book. And she gave you the website, but it's also heartbreakbook.com. We'll take you to the same place, and you might not know my name. So go there and read the first chapter and just make it a great life. Well, thank you, everyone. And honestly, I don't really have anything else to say to end this show. I think Catherine said it all. But remember to tune in to the Dr. Pat Show, www.drpatlive.com. And 
as we said before, if it's not a Harley that you're going to kickstart, try kickstarting your life. We'll see you next time.